0: take us a lot to drag me away from you, Glenn. There's uh, nothing that a thousand men or more could ever do, because you have blessed the rains down in Africa by that Toto shirt. Hi, this is Greg, and joining me is John, Glenn, and Ryan. Yeah, um, that really contrived intro was just because I was staring at Glenn's Toto shirt in envy. That's right. Rises like Olympus above the Serengeti.
1: I don't even know what Toto looks like. Like, well, Toto's a like, doll. like the guys, like the, the band. I don't, I don't. I mean, there's
2: not a whole lot of the original ones left because he, the guy, even mentioned that, like um, the the lead singer. So uh, if if you haven't guessed, I I, I went to a, me and Sandra went to a, a concert that that was actually my uh, Christmas present from Sandra.
0: She got us tickets to go see Journey and Toto.
2: Was it
1: Steve Perry?
0: No, Steve no. Perry's been replaced by a guy who sounds just like Steve Perry. Yeah, it's it's he's awesome. <laughs>
2: yeah, he is. He he's a um he's a Filipino uh, guy. He's been he's been that lead singer for fifteen years. That's
3: crazy. I think Steve Perry's got some kind of condition with his. Well, voice. I know he had
1: some kind of like throat cancer or something, but I thought it was oh, taken oh, sure. care of. I but know. I could be wrong.
2: And yeah, this this guy he's incredible. Like um I, we looked it up. He's fifty two years old. You would never know it because he is he's spry. He's, he's very energetic and yeah. But mm-hmm. um. They put on a great a great show um i mean uh toto came out and they they did their their uh show first um which I didn't realize in twenty in twenty twenty one they put out an album where they covered uh without a little help from our friends and they they played that and they, i mean it was it was great the um they closed with with Africa and everyone in the in the arena sang um and then journey came out and which was It was a lot of fun, but their their set list was kind of odd, because I just sort of assumed they'd close it with Don't Stop Believin', and that was like their third song.
1: that's because you were thinking of the Sopranos. Maybe. It's gonna cut the black.
2: Yeah. But, um, yes, but it, they put on a great show. It was just, um, I mean, I I can't say enough good things about how, you know, they just, they went through all their, their, their classic hits. There were a lot of people shining their, the flashlights on their cell phones, and the, the lights went down in the city.
1: What do y'all think? Separate ways or Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. I don't think. I think it's just closer than people think. Separate ways underrated.
2: That one's good. I like. I like, way you I, want I, it, I like faith. faithfully.
1: That Fully. is classic. Yeah,
2: and, and I love when the lights go out and down in, out in the city. Don't that's
0: they do cool. Open Arms too? Yeah,
1: Open yeah, Arms. It's like definitely like
2: a high school dance song.
0: Any way you want it, that's, that's the way the, you yeah. need it, Ryan. <laughs> You're
2: right.
1: That's Get a good. Track. one. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Arnell Pineda is the name. It of the, wheel the in the
3: sky.
1: Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah,
3: they had a bunch of good songs.
1: Yeah, that was one of their earlier ones, right?
3: Yeah. What was Lights it? The, the City. I, I cannot hear that without thinking of Conan O'Brien singing it today. with Randy Jackson.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, what was it that someday love will find you? That, yeah, that... break those chains that bind you. Yeah, but yeah, journey. I mean, you kind of forget how many classic songs Journey had. Uh, Toto only recognized maybe about four or five of them, but they put on a great show. Um, they really complimented each other, the uh, the two bands. But um. In the arena, it's so it's such a cool venue for concerts. Just what because. kind of what
1: kind of crowd?
2: It was really crowded. It was uh, um, a Caucasian crowd. Well, obviously, but um, there were more young people there that's than that's what I, I was curious because I mean at first, me and Sandra were like, "All right, it's going to be a lot of kind of retirees," and and they were there, but they they were the thing that we kind of laughed about. There were a lot of kind of tweens there, and you can kind of tell that they just went to Target and bought the first classic rock T shirt they can find. Because it's like we saw a bunch of kids wearing like Pink Floyd shirts and <laughs> um, just like I'm trying to think of the other one, just like random uh, like classic rock bands. I remember the Journeys
1: Journeys album covers used to be really like psychedelic and freaky looking. Oh yeah,
2: lot, yeah, very colorful. But um, yeah, if you ever get a chance to see them in, uh, see them live, they're, they're great. And like I said, this this uh, Arnel
0: Pineda, the the lead singer, he's he's incredible. And uh, you guys. You celebrate holidays all the time, but there might have been a holiday that everyone in our audience missed. And that was the celebration of the birth of oh, one Jesus. Ryan.
1: I was wondering what the hell he was talking about. Jessica Shano. <laughs> it's not my middle name. but that is, That's is—that's the arbitrary middle name you give to people when you're introducing them. Is Jessica. No, no, no. no that's they what they I want. get to you. No, I think you've given a lot of people the middle name of Jessica. No, it's usually it's Marie. Whatever. Yes, I had a birthday. Thank you. Appreciate Happy it. Happy birthday. Yeah, you guys gave me an awesome gift. I got a Roy Kent jersey. He's here, he's there, he's every fucking where. He's Roy Kent. He's Roy Kent. And some really strong fucking whiskey. pretty good. Redemption like Rye. Sounds like a movie title. Or, like, <laughs> or maybe like an Xbox Western game.
0: Yeah, what's the initial burst of a hair came Red, off Red the Dead, chest?
1: Red Dead Redemption Rye. Triple R.
0: I mean, you could probably sanitize surgical equipment with this. I'll guarantee you. <laughs> I
1: like think the guy in Payback. Yeah, the guy in Payback sort yeah. of that. It's good stuff. Yeah, I had a good birthday. I mean, rather uneventful. My... my Awesome girlfriend Made me beef wellington Which was spectacular I'm jealous of you Ronnie I, tell I, you. I have some in their fridge You guys can take a slice If you don't want I, I,
3: I... I've never had it And when I have it I want to have you it You want to go in fresh? I'm fresh? Mm. fresh
1: It was good It was like a like, like a delicious meat pie Like a slice of meat pie It's <laughs> the best way I could describe it
3: Meat, meat pie. pies Meat pies
1: Are you sure it was beef? Positive It wasn't a, a Sweeney Todd situation
3: Wasn't a of meat pie?
1: it wasn't an actual meat pie because I actually the tenderloin was in there for me to cut into
3: <coughs> but it was good how uh, was the the
0: the duxelle cell? What, what's that mushroom duxelle mushroom
1: oh um that's what it's called yeah yeah it was really good like um as you slice into it you know it kind of falls apart a little bit and you just like sort of scoop that up with the meat and it's did, it's great did she use the prosciutto no actually i, I think she just we didn't add another meat we oh just, okay um, because I don't, she didn't buy like a giant tender one. I think she bought two smaller ones and combined it into one pastry. That's a good idea. So, because I mean, it was just me and her. So, but it was good. It was really good. Yeah. Unfortunately, you can't really get beef Wellington at restaurants. Mm-hmm. You, know? you used to be able to. There
0: was a couple places around here that did, but now they don't. Brennan used to do it. Mm-hmm.
1: I have a feeling there are places that do them as like a nightly special. I Maybe? can see that.
2: Because it's just because it's an expensive thing, to it make. is. Yeah. And I guess if.
1: I mean, it was very time-consuming for her. She started making like the uh she seared the, the the tenderloin and like made the the mushroom thing, and all that stuff like in the afternoon, and let the meat rest in the refrigerator, and then wrapped it up, and then wrapped it in the pastry and baked it that night. So, I mean, it took her probably, I would say, an hour of prep mm-hmm. overall.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm determined to have it at a Gordon Ramsay restaurant. His is the famous one. Yeah, I mean, like his, that's his signature go follow him on
1: Instagram. And Greg, Greg and I are constantly sharing each other yeah. with the, the pose. They're, he it, does
0: for, for Thanksgiving, he does a turkey Wellington. I don't oh, want yeah. to do with that. I smoked the brisket yesterday.
1: Oh, how'd that come out?
2: Really good. Did it me? sit in the rolling paper?
3: Huh?
1: <laughs> you stupid uh, Actually,
2: I, I did wrap it in butcher paper. Oh, there How go. long did you smoke it? Eight hours. <laughs> mm. uh, see, I got up at like four o'clock in the morning. Jesus. And put it on. But, um, Did you go
3: back to
2: bed? <laughs> no, because every half hour you got to spray it down oh. with. Um, uh, it's a mixture of um, apple cider and Worcestershire sauce. That's
1: so. that's a fucking commitment. Yeah.
2: Uh, I, I was kind of tired. I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, but um, no, it came out really good. good. I used a Michael Michael Simon recipe. It's a, a pastrami rubbed uh, brisket. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yep, slathered it slathered it in mustard and put the put the rub on it, and then every half hour I sprayed it down. Um, until it reached a certain temperature and then I wrapped it in butcher paper and put it back in and then finished it all. And, um, it was delicious. It was very, and one, one, one trick, which I guess I'll, I'll give this away before, um, I, I put it on the smoker. I took a really sharp knife and if you see a brisket, usually there's one side with the fat cap and the other side is, you know, the, the meat and the meat had, um, a bunch of fat, fatty deposits. I went and I trimmed all that off. Put it in a bowl, I uh, covered the bowl in uh, aluminum foil and put it in the smoker. And um, after five hours, the fat had rendered down to a nice jus. And I poured that on top of the brisket before I wrapped it. So uh, I,
3: you're I
1: want you turning me on. Uh, right? yeah, just FYI burn ins. Uh, <clears throat> you had some of that, <laughs> uh, it's the best part,
2: <laughs> but um, yeah. Know, my dad was very impressed. He kept on calling and telling me about the sandwiches he was going to make with the leftovers.
0: And did he then ask you about the weather? I was about to say, uh, if uh, he's uh, not
1: talking about the weather, you know you were hitting Yeah. But,
0: yeah, that, that was our Easter Sunday meal. Well, for uh, the, the, the conversation, you guys have been talking about a show, and I haven't got a chance to watch it. I was waiting until Ryan finished it before I said i didn't want him to lose his place on, on our account. But uh, you guys finished Severance. So tell me why I should watch the show.
1: Because other than the first season of Cobra Kai, this might be the best first season of any show other than Cobra Kai I think I've ever seen. It's that good. It's really good. Like that good.
2: I I think it it, it might be the best first season of anything I've ever seen.
1: Well, when I was explaining it, why I liked it so much to a couple people, I was like, I really enjoyed the first season of Lost. But I had a feeling... And I was worried that Lost wouldn't answer all the questions that it poses, and it really didn't. You, you, it answered a lot, but not everything by the end. This, I feel like, has more of a, especially by the way this, the season one ended, where they answered a lot of stuff, but left just enough stuff open and answered like asked a few more questions. Mm-hmm. And the way it's filmed, like I, I have no doubt, this should win like like how Ted Lasso sweeped up all the awards. This Severance should take all the drama awards. Or comedy, whatever category you want to put it in, because it was funny. Yet. I'd
3: put it in drama, I think. I'd put it in drama. I'd
1: put it in drama, too, but you never know with, with these yeah. fucking uptight well, people. Well, I mean,
2: because, yeah, you see...
0: It, well, like... The Martian was a comedy.
2: Yeah, exactly. Because, uh, I mean, almost all the episodes were directed by Ben
1: Stiller, and it stars Adam Scott, so, I mean, it's... Um, I, I can't say enough about it. Like, Adam Scott's performance, the way he balances comedy with drama, his timing with his delivery of his lines, he's so good. Like... Different scenes when, like, he, he his pausing builds tension to what's going on and just the uncertainty of what's going on with characters. Um,
2: and it's almost like they're playing two characters. It, they all, are. The, all the, of them. All, all the, the four main characters in the, in the show. So we
1: talked about this. Y'all had
2: watched, like, one or two episodes. I had watched the first three.
1: So this is about a show where, basically, these people are going to work and they're doing this. They've done this medical procedure called being severed, where they have no memory Once they basically, I guess it's the elevator. When they get in the elevator, a switch switch goes off, and they have no memory of who they are outside of work. It's like they're two completely different people. And there's a couple little like things that are hints being dropped to sort of both personalities, where both inside and out about Mm -hmm. some possible issues going on at this company. Um, And I can't say enough about the chemistry between John Turturro and Christopher Walken. Isn't that amazing? Like. The second they were on screen together the looks that they gave each other like it was just like look at these guys it's like they've known each other their whole life which is, I guess in a lot of ways is what the show was sort of aiming for right and it it's just expertly directed the camera shots Ben stiller uses like a lot of the frames you could just pause it and like make a painting out of it yeah you're not wrong it, it's spectacular it, it's a great show John Turturro hasn't been this good in a
2: while too just because
1: you can tell a lot of times when actors are excited about their roles, and yeah, yeah you could see it. um I don't know the guy's name, but the, the other guy who's in the the is, office was Zach cherry plays he's another one who yeah. is just really do- dove into that role and just is and I think that uh, Britt Lauer, the one that plays
2: Helly, she's really good too just, I mean, I, mean, all, I mean all four of them are great. The characters. only thing
1: I would say my only my if I had to pick one problem is um Adam Scott's brother-in-law is basically become become typecast. He was in Orange is the New Black. I don't know if y'all ever watched that, but he's basically playing the exact same like over the top left wing crazy person. Yeah,
3: I thought he was funny in this. Like, I mean, and if you haven't seen yeah. him
1: in anything, I can it won't be a problem for I you. I had seen
3: that. So yeah, he was good in this. I thought.
2: Yeah, I thought he was a nice uh, tension breaker just cuz whenever they they showed his book or had a scene with it. Right. It it was a nice bit of levity cuz some of it got pretty pretty tense. Um yeah, Patricia Arquette, too. She was she surprised me. That I mean
1: She kept you in the dark with yeah. her performance a lot where you don't know what she knows, doesn't know. I mean I can't say enough about it. Just the right just the right amount of unknown, mm-hmm. just the right amount of questions being answered, and then still leaving you like, shit, this is where the season's gonna end.
2: And I love the way John Totoro says, You smug motherfucker. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, John, you've you've been been out of a,
1: <clears throat>
3: the
0: office with a with an injury.
1: Or yeah, getting... I had. Um, Did you ever tell a story about what happened to you?
3: I think so. Yeah. I told my rotator cuff back in uh, September. I guess. it was the it was the the week before your wedding. So mm-hmm. when when was your? What, the twenty sixth of September? Yeah. So the it was windstorm the of September.
1: The windstorm of September.
3: September. Yeah, yeah. I was I was holding a ladder, and then the the wind kind of caught it, and <laughs> I felt the pop of my shoulder, and that was it. It was really kind of a stupid story.
0: And then then you you had that. Incident with the meat.
3: But the wait, oh, man, just to great.
1: give just to give you like some props, it wasn't like a typical ladder.
3: Oh no no, it was like a it was like a twenty five foot ladder. It,
1: th- there you go. Yeah. I, I'm I'm helping you out oh, here thank because you, yeah. most people are thinking he was holding a fucking ladder that's like six steps and he.
3: No no no, it was actually in my office and um a guy was there repairing the air condition which is up on the roof of the office building and he was up there and the wind blew the ladder down so I get a call on the phone <laughs> he's trapped on the roof so I go out there and help him pick his ladder up and of course that's what I get from my for my troubles. I got a torn rotator cuff, so yeah. So all these months later, I finally went and got it repaired, and the doctor said it was like actually way worse than he thought it was too. So, but he said it's all fixed now. I was very disappointed when I woke up and did not have a Winter Soldier arm. Wow! Like what, I asked for. Next what time. you
0: did have is the gift of time to to
3: watch. Some I things. did, I did. So I've you been watching a lot of TV, a lot of older stuff. So other than Severance, nothing really new. But I watched the entire available series of Peaky Blinders. And why I say that is because the sixth season is in the final season. Is gonna premiere, I think, in June on Netflix. I've
1: seen that on Netflix. I don't know how many times, and I just can't bring myself to press play.
3: It's really good. I mean, it's like a they're they're in. It takes place in Birmingham, uh, in England, right about a year or so after the First World War. And um, these guys, these three brothers that fought in the war together, they come back and some other little guys in their uh, their little town that they also fought with in the war. They start this little street gang called the Peaky Blinders. And they're called that because they wear those flat caps that you, you know, if you just look at the picture on Netflix of Killian Murphy's the, the main character, um, and this was based off of a real gang in in, in, uh, in England, they put razor blades in the, around the peaks of their, their hat, and, you know, one of their things that they do that's pretty horrible is they'll just take the hat off and swipe it at somebody's eyes. Um, that happens a couple times in the show, but it's, do, it's do, a... You get
1: it, Greg? They, they wear peaky hats. Yeah.
3: And, and they, then blind they blind people. Blind you, yeah. you,
1: Greg, you understand? That's why it's called Peaky Blinders, Greg.
3: Yeah.
1: Do you understand? All right. Greg. Greg's nodding. I think he gets he got it. Got it. Okay. All right. Yeah. He. He got it. So he got it.
3: It's all. I mean, it's it's an, it's it's just another uh you know kind of crime family type thing. I mean, kind of the Sopranos or Sons of Anarchy or you know any. You're of that putting it in that category. I'm saying it's that type of. I mean, yeah. it's it's very good. I got but the Sons of Anarchy. How many? Uh,
1: how many episodes are per? Se- it's,
3: it's a British show. There's only six episodes per season. And they're like an hour they're and a half. An hour, about an hour. Okay. Each. So, I mean, I was getting through, uh, probably I get through a season, probably like three seasons every two you days. You know what it was? It didn't take me long. What
1: was that show that Tom Hardy did that was slow as shit that was on FX?
3: Oh. Tom Hardy's in this, by the way. Is he really? Yeah. He's not in one of the main characters, but he's in it throughout the seasons. He plays like another.
1: I was like, worried because I was really excited for that Tom Hardy show and I was disappointed. I don't even think it got I remember.
3: Reviewed. I know what you're talking about. I can't even remember what so,
1: it was called. Th- was this, is this better than that?
3: I only saw the first episode of that, and yes, it's much better than that. Taboo, Tab- taboo, yes. yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> just like the black Eyed peas.
3: He actually plays. Um, they have um, <laughs> There's one season where they um they move. They're kind of like um they're kind of like gypsies. As they, you know, they call them pikies or whatever. That's the, the kind of people that they come from. The, the peaky blinders. They're peaky blinders. Yeah, and um at one one point they're they're trying to get into the uh at the beginning they're they do off track betting illegal off track betting and they're trying to get into the legit business, and in London. There's like two groups that control all of it, and one is the the Italian kind of mob group, and the other one is the the, the Jewish group. and And Tom Hardy plays the Alfie Solomons, who's the, like the lead, the leader of the the Jewish kind of gangs. And uh, he's I think he comes in in the second season, but he's in it in and out through the entire series. But uh, Killian Murphy's the main character, and there's a lot of not so much about the story, but the way like the family set up there reminded me of The Godfather. Killian Murphy is the second born son. So he's got an older brother who's a total hothead. Fredo. No. The older Sonny. brother's total hot total is Sonny. Oh, Sonny, yeah. And then he's got a, a younger brother who's also like a little bit of a hothead, but not that much. But he's the he's the one that kind of takes control and he's very much like Michael Corleone, where he's very methodical, thinking everything out. Um and then and You said he fought in the First World War. He fought in the first, so first he, World War. And uh yeah so he, and, he's a vet. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's kind of like Michael Corleone, but if Michael Corleone also had serious PTSD from being in the war. And it's basically just him trying to make the family legitimate, but also get as much power. And
1: The show's been going on for quite a while, right?
3: It's, it's going to be, it's, it's been going on for a long time, but it hasn't been that much. It's only been six seasons is it's going to be over. And so it's 36 episodes total. And those last six haven't even aired yet in, in the United States. So it's six, and it was coming out like once every two or three years it was coming out. Oh yeah, so but Killian Murphy is awesome in this.
1: Cool. Um, yeah,
3: he's pretty good. Yeah, he's, he's good. really good. And uh, Scarecrow. <laughs> yeah, he's Scarecrow. The Bat <clears throat> Man. Yes, yeah, Scarecrow and Bane are both in this in the show. Sweet. Yeah, but well, uh, I I highly recommend it. I mean, I had a really good time watching it. I'm looking forward to that last season in a couple of months.
1: Cool. Well,
3: uh,
0: if you cross the English Channel, you'll end up in in my lovely France. And uh, rarely is there a show that the first episode hooked me in such a way that, that I needed to kind of keep watching. So uh, I just kind of had, had seen the show on Netflix called uh, Lupin, um, starring Omar Sy. He was the, the guy in Burnt
3: that was the—
0: He was also in Jurassic World. Yeah. I watched the first—
3: And wasn't—didn't he play in season. Days of Future Past? Didn't he play Bishop? Um, Yeah. I think he did. It,
1: the bastard who sabotaged the, the dinner yeah. in Burnt? was such a oh shit moment
0: yeah this first of all he, he's good he, he's, re- yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's really good. He's good um but this is based off of there's a series of kind of i guess it's anti-sherlock holmes yeah in, in france uh arson and lupin and he's the gentleman burglar so he, it's all these different kind of he just he outsmarts the police and everything all the time so kind of like a danny ocean thing. yeah yeah and and that's honestly i'm glad you said that because the first episode watch the first episode and if you don't want to watch the rest of the series at the end, don't. But like that first episode really sets up. Like he, it, it, there's he's a burglar who you, there's a reason he's doing what he's doing. Um, you kind of get the backstory throughout the first season. I just started the second season the other day, um, but it, it's the the way that he plans these different capers and the system he has set up. Um, it, it's super super intelligent, and it, he's we, really charming. He oh yes, definitely. You've watched
1: this?
2: I watched the first season like a while back.
0: How many seasons are there there's two so far a third one's gonna be premiering soon yeah it's it's good
2: i, I like the way you put it the anti-sherlock holmes kind of yeah it's really
0: I, I the thing is i don't want to talk too deeply about it because i don't want to give things away but right. it's, just, it's such a delightful show and watch it in french with english subtitles because the regular english acting is a little exaggerated mm-hmm. and weird as so, they it, it tend to be yeah but yeah, that, that's something, If it's there are five episodes per season. Yeah. So, <clears throat> like but, John said, like you can kind of sit through it in a day or two, you know, yeah. grind this out. But it's a really great show. Um, there's another show that, we don't really talk about shows by episodes, but there's, uh, quite frankly, a lot we didn't watch. Um, and also, this is kind of good, but Picard is tearing through this first season. And we just had, which episode number? Seven. Seven. And it's yeah. nine?
2: Uh, ten. Ten. So we got three left. So, yeah, this last one was cu- titled Monsters, and the one before that, so the last two that we have not talked about was Two of One and then Monsters.
0: Now, one thing I'm going to have to say, and I might have to call an audible on my awesome villager pick, um, Alison Pill mm. Yes, is a phenomenal actress with a phenomenal voice.
2: The Pat Benatar scene.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this, this this season, first of all, seems to have a lot more of a cohesive narrative Oh, than the first absolutely. season. I, I enjoyed the first season. This seems a lot more cohesive. Um, and it's also, I love, like you said the, before, the nods it's giving to the original series. Um, but also to DS9 and some other shows. There's a lot of, like, <laughs> Star Trek celebration.
2: Yes. There, in fact, there was, there was a line in Episode 7 Monsters where, um... It was almost a direct quote from Star Trek Four, the um, when uh, Kirk says, uh, "I'm from Iowa, I just work in space."
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. There's a, um, a very close. Like, it was almost exact quote, but um, it the the season's a lot of fun. I will say, monsters, the first half of it, where and, I don't mean I guess this isn't giving anything really away. The first half of it kind of takes place in Picard's mind. I don't know, it kind of. I don't even know how to say it. it. It Kind of slowed down the pace of the.
0: No, I agree with uh, you
2: of the uh, the narrative, um, which I mean, it. it was, I enjoyed it, but it was I, just I guess sort it of was like, kind of
0: the only way to to find that right. particular bit of information out. Yeah, about Picard and his past and what he's going through right. was through this method. So I, I I I kind of was with it for that. Yeah. But I agree with you, like the pace. Of it was the like the pace just changed. Yeah,
2: which I mean, the um, I mean, the the when the, the <laughs> uh, guy named Joe Mendez directed that one. I think the um, the one before was um, was Jonathan Frakes. And then uh, Leah Thompson had directed a bunch of them. So, um, yeah, Jonathan Frakes directed the, the two previous. And then um, uh, Leah Thompson directed the two before that. So it, it might have been just because it was a different director. But I don't know. I, I did enjoy it. It's just, yeah. like I said, the, the pacing changed significantly. Um, I did like when um, they kind of first went into Jean-Luc's mind and in the background, you heard, there are four lights. <laughs> I changed my mind.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like the meme you sent me earlier. Yeah,
1: That was a good episode.
0: That really was. Yeah, I know that Patrick Stewart was massively passionate about that episode because of his work with Amnesty International. Right. And, uh, yeah, that that is a, one I always recommend to people. Yeah, because
2: it's like... Grab an she... octopus egg and... Because <laughs> it's like she's first going into his mind, and yeah. in the background you hear, uh, I am Locutus of Borg. And then you hear something about the... Unravel the tapestry,
0: and then there are four lights. <laughs> yeah, we didn't get much with uh with Q this go around. Well, not well. But we they... hit, we got some some continuum lore,
2: right through Gynon, right? And there's something going on with with, with, with yeah, Q. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it is. It's very interesting. So, um, yeah. And then um, did we talk about the announcement for season three? That made me so
1: happy. <laughs> We got a we got a teaser trailer for season three. Did Did you see it? I didn't see the. I heard about the whole next gen cast. Everyone's coming back. You think yeah. they're going to be on the Enterprise or something?
2: I don't I, know. I, like I don't the know. it's a very short little teaser, and it shows Picard picking up his old com badge. And I mean, there's a voice from all of them, and it's it's him and Riker like pointing weapons at something. And I don't think. And and when somebody mentions like one last uh mission or one life ride or something.
0: But like none of those lines were old lines. I don't I don't remember any of those be like they yeah. seem to be all new dialogue. Yeah, yeah. Um but to Ryan's point, I really hope that it within that season, like maybe it, it ends with them introducing a, the new Enterprise.
2: I
1: mean perhaps. Something like that, I agree. Huh.
2: The Captain Worf show. Oh that would be great. But the 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 kind of question I have, I mean they 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 you know announced that the whole next gen cast is coming back. I'm kind of curious what's going to happen with the rest of the main cast of Picard. Doesn't like, matter. Do you think we're getting a Stargazer spinoff? And... I really hope we do get that. Yeah. Um.
0: I hope they do something with with these characters like as a whole. But I I, I think there's still room for them yeah. in a, 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 a final season of the show with the rest of that cast. Right. It'd be fun to see them interact. Yeah, I think. Like so I hopefully. want to see Rafi interact with uh with Worf. And and I'm curious to see how they what they do with
2: Brent Spiner because. Yeah. They kind of cleared up data's story in season one
0: his his, uh, his the, the soon guy is still in the in the future he could play him again yeah
2: or it could be some sort of flashback with data or they could they'll figure something out I'm sure I'm just kind of curious to see who if um you know with seven of nine you know if they they, they pair her with with, with Geordi or something yeah that would be
0: funny yeah. like, her and Riker would also be funny yeah to
2: off of. yeah they, yeah that that would be funny but don't uh, see Riker uh, mount some chairs
0: See Girardi see annoy uh, Marina Service. Yeah. Marina Service was really good in the last season. It surely was. But, um, yeah, this it's, it's a fun show. Um, and then we've now hit a three-episode rule point for Moon Knight. Uh, aren't we halfway through the... Halfway yeah. through, yeah. yeah.
2: Through My point.
1: son loves this show. He keeps telling me I need to start watching it. He's a
0: smart man. It's good.
1: It's, good. it's very different.
2: Yeah. And, I mean i six in it, man. A...
3: And again, I mean, it's nothing like the rest of the MCU stuff. I
1: right? haven't like purposely been avoiding it. I just, I didn't, I wasn't interested in it from the beginning, and I think I just might wait till it all comes out and binge it all together.
0: It would probably be a good binge. Honestly, you should probably wait till like the last episode's about to come out, then watch. Yeah, all of them in the maybe. Day. Yeah. That way you're not spoiled by anything. Right. That's a good idea, bro. I come up with them now and again. Yeah. Every now and then. every now and again. Um, <clears throat> but there was only a couple films we got to watch. Uh, one of which I forgot that I've never talked about this before. Um, and it's going to kind of be, uh, you know, not ironic, but like timely, because Ryan, you've recently gone to see this Van Gogh exhibit. Oh, yeah, I I'm forgot going about that. i
1: next week. I could have mentioned something about that.
0: Um, but I watched a movie called Loving Vincent. This is a Vincent slightly older film. <laughs> it's a, a few, from a few years ago, but this is kind of the, the tag I'll give you for it. It's the world's like, first fully painted film. Um, it's these people who were really the fans of, of Vince Van Gogh's art, and they devised this tactic where they were able to weave in paintings from his life, and it takes place after his death. Um, and what they're basically doing is through the different characters that, they're, that are from his paintings, which were people he painted, um, they tell the story of kind of his life and his death. Um, <clears throat> and each of his, it, it's all painted to look like his photos. Like for example, the opening shot, when it pans down, is made up of 740 paintings. Wow. And they hired like a, a team of, of, of artists to do all this. They also have actors that are uh, they film against green screen, but they played it and they pan painted their faces. Mm. And it's it's a f- visually phenomenal film, also very poignant. Um, and and that experience is made me doubly excited to go see this exhibit.
1: I guess I mean I'll, I'll talk about the exhibit. Um, it's in New Orleans right now. I don't know if it's in multiple cities at a time. Yeah, it's a traveling one. Okay, so it's the. It's the Van Gogh Immersive Experience. So um, it's in New Orleans. I can't remember the exact address. Anyway, I don't think you can get tickets at this point right now for it anyway. I think you had to get it in advance. I've heard a few people say that they can't get it right now. Anyway, um, so it's divided into three parts. So like the first part of the thing, you walk in and you sort of go through his just – it's like a typical museum. You go through his works of art. Um, I don't love all of his stuff. Like I don't like his sunflower paintings. They're really – Morbid, and they, the flowers look ugly. I mean, maybe what he was going for, I don't know. I mean, I just don't. Yeah, they're In you're ugly. No, I'm just saying some of the some he of the just, paintings. Just don't do it for you. No, like, I like. I mean, some of his stuff is just. I saw a painting of his that I'd never seen before. I think it's called the Cafe. Yeah. That is, uh, an that that, when people talk about art and like I don't understand art, you don't really have to understand it, but it's like when you see a painting that just like widens your eyes. This painting, just I saw a lot of hidden messages in it, and I just it just spoke to me as a painting. Those dogs playing poker. It, yeah, just like that. <laughs> um, so anyway, you go through the different years of his life, and you read about his story, and he's a crazy motherfucker, and they don't shy away from it. They tell you everything about how he lost his mind and all this different stuff he went through with his stuff with his family. And then the second part is the when it really the the exhibit really gets crazy, where you walk into this giant room where there's like a. I say about a 20 to 30 minute loop of like his paintings sort of coming to life in this giant room with music and lights and sort of visual effects. And you get to, there, there's rugs laid out and with pillows. You could lay down on the ground and just sort of, you can stay in there as long as you want. Um, and that's spectacular. I don't want to go into more details with that because you need to be there to experience it. And then the third part is uh, just more of like a finale of his life. And then you can pay $5 a person to do a VR like tour of his paintings through virtual reality. We did it. It's worth it. It's
0: well, I'm definitely doing that. It's
1: spectacular. It's really, really cool. Um unfortunately the gift shop at the end, this shit is just so over the top expensive. There was an awesome looking flask set that I wanted to get. There was two, one for the stormy night and one for the cafe painting. But it was like over fifty something bucks for like this flask. And I was like, okay, well, I like it, but not that much. But it's an awesome time. Like, this is the kind of stuff that I like to do that's just sort of different from dinner and a movie.
3: Yeah, um,
1: sure. It was a lot of fun. Like, I, I, if you get a chance to go, you're not going to be disappointed, even if you're not like the biggest Van Gogh fan. I think the the immersive experience with the the big room is enough to get people hooked.
0: That's why I'm excited for it. And you and Crystal should watch that movie. Like, this is my favorite Van Gogh.
1: Yeah, he did a lot of self-portraits, which I'm not really that into, Um it's it's impressive to see that he could paint himself.
3: You should rewatch the uh, Vincent and the Doctor. Oh, that, the, I, that I love that episode. That's one of the best. It's a standalone <laughs> episode of Doctor Who with both uh, yeah. Vincent Van Gogh yeah. and it's super. I don't know. I was like in tears at the end of it. Well, it's like when when you watch Love and Vincent,
0: the the, the period of time that he actually was a painter is not that long of a time, yeah. and it's kind of sad because it was it was tragically cut short for a person who definitely had some. E- they don't really like. They go through like the possibilities of what happened to him to because it's a really weird story. Um, how he winds up uh, taking. Yeah, his and own didn't life. he
1: like like r- like make a shitload <clears throat> of his paintings mm-hmm. like like where he was like averaging one or two paintings a day?
0: Oh, he, yeah, he that's all he did. He obsessively painted, and like one of the big problems he had was like his he his brother would try to do the best he could to get him money for like materials, mm-hmm. um, and he would run out of materials sometime, and he felt like he was draining on his brother. But th- this movie, it, it's just from an artistic level, but also just from, it's, it's an incredible movie. I'd give this an eight, easy. Nice. Um, and then, Ryan, speaking of artwork, you got to see uh, The Eyes of Tammy Faye.
1: I did. Um, I think it's on HBO right now. Um, so this is the film that Jessica Chastain won Best Actress for. Um, Andrew Garfield is in it, as well as Jimmy Jim Baker. Um I, I was telling John earlier this is a uh, it's a character film. There's not much in the way of a script plot. Kind of like about Schmidt, where it's like you're you're watching the performances um, more than the following the story. I mean, we all know the sort of the story. There's really nothing else added. You you do feel a little bit more sympathy for Tammy Faye. They try to present her in a uh, a more uh, in a very sympathetic way, but she just looks so ridiculous and like people make fun of her like towards the end and. It's sad because it sort of presents it to where, like, she just sort of had a good heart and just sort of wasn't really thinking. I don't know how much you believe of it, that she didn't really think that he was taking advantage of people as much as he was. Um, Andrew Garfield, what a year this guy's having. Jesus. Um, he's, I forgot he was in it. Um, and Jessica Chastain definitely deserved Best Actress. But the thing I really got to talk about is the makeup. I don't know how like they did a spectacular job. Well, it won though.
2: It, it won. won. I mean, for Best Makeup,
1: and it definitely deserved it. Like they did an amazing job, like altering her facial structure, and just not making it look over the top. Like, like almost like it could have been like visual digitally enhanced. Like it was that good.
0: Well, I remember seeing uh, when they had the Surreal Life and Tammy Faye was on that, mm-hmm. and she talked about. And I, I, I remember as a kid, not much of the. You know, I watch them I'm like, oh, "Those are people who did bad things." But her telling that story about Jim Baker, just he was like he was. I was carrying around the weight of this person, mm. and the only way for me to save myself and not die was to to free myself of that burden. Yeah, I'm, I've been very curious about this for this movie for a bit, and I'm glad she won back the best actress.
1: Yeah, it's very good. Um, I enjoyed the film. I mean, it's not without its flaws, but the performances are worth checking out. I would probably give it about a seven. Just to just see the performances. Jessica Chastain, man, she deserved it. She deserves the best actress for this.
0: Um, and then finally, a film that I did not get a chance to see, like I wanted to yesterday, The Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore.
3: Yeah. I went, so Karen and, I went and saw it the other night. Um, I was very hesitant about, you know, what I was going to see because the last one, it was, I mean, it was okay, but it just, it wasn't very good. It wasn't great.
2: I, I didn't like the last
1: one. Yeah. I never saw the last one. And the buzz for this one is not good.
3: Um, I mean, this one honestly, I liked it a lot more than the last one. I liked it. I feel like I liked it about as much as I liked the first one. Which even the first one, though, I mean, I didn't like it as much as the Harry Potter movies, obviously. But it's, no, but it was it was good. Mads Mikkelsen is takes over the Johnny Depp role of uh, Gellert Grindelwald, and he's fantastic in it, as Mads Mikkelsen always tends to be. Um, I feel like they they kind of course corrected a couple of things that that didn't really work in the first one. Uh, I mean, in, in the last one. and the last one, Glenn and I have talked about how it's called Fantastic Beasts, and it was nothing to do with any of the There was no the Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, it was just like the couple of little pets that he had with him from the first one that were just still with him. This one, you get introduced to a new type of uh, creature, uh magical creature, and it's very important, and it's kind of like the the MacGuffin of the movie. Hmm. Um, and it's it's very good. It's They get their little... Uh, uh, team together nuke gets his little team together to help dumbledore and you really don't know much about um why dumbledore isn't just doing anything else about it and you know jk rowling has talked about since harry potter ended that dumbledore was gay and had a you know and this is not like a big thing in the movie but you they do mention their previous relationship a couple of times in it and the reason he says in the last movie i can't make a move on grindelwald it's because they've got one of those uh the spell that, you know, they did... Yeah, the Unbreakable like, Vow. The Unbreakable Vow. Um, the thing that... To, to not that, ever make a move against each other. The
2: thing that Snape made with... Um, yeah. Um,
3: with Narcissa yeah, Malfoy. Yeah, Malfoy. So, and it's the, it kind of shows you a little bit more about that, and they, like, ask what happens if you were to break that. And for just a second, Dumbledore just says, even if I just think about it, and he, should, he starts thinking about it, and this thing goes nuts. That's, like, wrapped around, like, his wrist. Um but it's, it was it was really good. I thought it was really well done. it, was, it had good funny stuff in it. Um, I thought it was really well done. And it's they end it with uh, where they could be another movie, or if they don't, it's fine. All the stuff that needs to be answered is answered. But then there's just some other stuff that's you could get a little bit more into. Um, there's a little bit more about um, Dumbledore's brother in it. That's Aberforth. Aberforth. yeah. He's he's a, a character in it. Um. Um. The, the female lead that's been in the others, um, what is it? Um, yeah, uh, Tina. Tina. She's in it for maybe two I've minutes. I've heard that. I guess that must have been some kind of scheduling thing. I, I really don't know, but she's not really in it. And there's another uh another kind of female lead who's not really a love interest. She's just another character, and she's like a professor at the American school or whatever. And she's awesome. She steals a lot of her scenes. She's really good in it. Um, but, I mean, I would recommend this. If you, if you like the Wizarding the World, I mean...
1: Watch, yeah, watch the last one it.
3: first if you haven't seen it, just so you kind of know what's going on. And they're all on
1: HBO Max, right?
3: I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but it's uh, yeah, it's definitely worth. I would probably give this one about a seven and a half.
0: Nice.
1: Yeah. Speaking of HBO Max, we didn't talk about this earlier, but uh, by the time this comes out, the Batman will yeah. be available on HBO Ooh, Max. Oh, and Ryan will watch it. Yeah, I'm probably going to do it tonight yeah. or tomorrow or you know when I. It's I'm a long
3: home. movie to watch tonight, but well, you know, it's up to you.
1: We'll see. Well, you know.
0: Um, well, we have to remember a couple of people um, that passed away, um, including that no, no, Glenn pointed out. We've we've lost both uh, Jerry's parents and, and and Costanza's parents now from from Seinfeld because we lost Liz Sheridan who played Jerry's mom, mom, and, mom. and Mrs. Ackmanic on Alf. That's not right. Forget.
2: Yeah, you know, yeah. That was. I mean, it's uh, it it. It's sad that, we're, you know, we're starting to lose some of these actors and actresses. But, again, as we talked about with, um, you know, um, with Jerry Stiller and everybody, the, the chemistry she had with the the actor that played Morty Seinfeld, they yeah. they were just and, – and the chemistry she had with uh, Jerry Seinfeld. I mean, it was just it was just very believable. That I don't know. It was both of them. Related. Like, you just sort of
1: feel like you knew parents yeah. like both of those two sets of parents. Right. The crazy parents and then yeah. the, the ones that you wanted to be your parents. It was just –
2: how can anyone not like him?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Yay, yeah. Jerry got it open. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> but um, yeah, Mrs. But yeah, she was an
0: elf as well. So
2: I
1: forgot about her being an elf.
0: And good night, Mrs. Akmonik. Wherever we <laughs> uh, What a show. And Liz Sheridan, you will be missed. We also lost uh, one of my favorite comedians. Is he really? He really I, is. I,
1: I mean, look, I I don't want to pay respect to him. His just his voice is so goddamn. But that's annoying. part of the.
0: That's joke. part of his. That's I, I of his get it, and that's why story. Iago yeah. some was. Some of, those, like, some of those lines delivered by anyone else, or some of those like, jokes delivered by anyone else, would not sound as good. We're talking, of course, about Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, Duck himself.
2: Which it, it's I, been a, it's been a rough year for comics.
1: It's made me think about that in the the final season of episodes when Matt. Uh, Matt LeBlanc was hosting that show one of the punishments for the contestants of that show was they had to be locked in a little booth with Gilbert Gottfried just <laughs> screaming stuff at them
0: yeah well you, you say like a, with his voice or whatever but like that's what some of the jokes but I'm sure that's much more funny. like when he read Fifty Shades of Grey
1: I'm sure he played up the the voice he did
0: he didn't sound yeah. quite like that when, when he when he did Cardi B recited Cardi B's lyrics
2: and one thing that for some reason, I always remember, and I'm probably dating myself a little. Do you remember when he hosted USA Up All Night? I do not remember that. He was the original host of USA Up All Night,
3: where well, they used to show shows such as Silk Stalkings?
2: Yeah, well, that in <laughs> like old B movies, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. He he would host it. Yeah. I,
0: I like I, of course, people would probably know him most from like the the roasts and things like that. But like what I remember him for is is how fearless a comic he was. Oh yeah, and how expert he was in his setups. Because
2: <clears throat> I think it was kind of famous that he was the first comic to do a nine eleven joke where people were yelling too soon, and um, you know he was always trying to push the boundaries. And um, there was a documentary which me and John were talking about this about a joke called the, the, Aristocrats. U- uh, the, Aristocrats. the Aristocrats, and he might have had the which. If, if you're squeamish or easily offended, do not watch this movie. It's a
3: filthy, filthy joke, and every comic kind of does their own version of it with the details.
2: And it's, it's almost like they try to one-up each other yeah. and try to gross each other out. Like, the, the joke, it starts and ends the same way.
3: Yeah. and It's a joke where the punchline is not funny. It's the deliverance of the entire story is funny. It's basically the it's a family who goes into a talent agent's you. office and says, We've got this act, and talent agent says, Well, let me see what it is. And they do all the kinds grossest, of most grossest, most acts or whatever. And then at the end, he says, "Well, what do you call that?" And it's the aristocrats is what they what they call it. But it's the the description of what they do that every comic changes. And Gilbert Godfrey's was one of the funniest ones I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, they are. It's super dirty and and you know and disgusting. Yeah, but it's
2: yeah. So so if you if you're curious and you YouTube Gilbert Godfrey tells the aristocrats, just know what you're getting into. Yeah, but um, he was one of the best. Yeah, I mean the way he he told it, but um. And then I saw, like, did you see that picture that was kind of when Bob Saget died, Gilbert Gottfried tweeted out a picture of, of, of Bob Saget, Gilbert Gottfried, and Louis Anderson together.
3: Yeah. And
2: you know, they, you know,
3: and it's funny, because you talk about different comedians that, like, copy off of each other? I don't know that anybody can copy off of Gilbert Gottfried and he, I mean, because nobody's like that.
0: No. I mean, that's the thing, like, like, the comedians you remember have the most staying power. They have that thing that makes them uniquely them. Yeah. Like, they pointed out there was that, that uh, that show they had on hbo where it was like the comics just sitting around talking it was like ricky gervais and jerry seinfeld chris rock but chris rock how he he repeats an idea because he's introducing you to a concept so he like says it several times Mm -hmm. to get you to kind of accept it and you kind of expect that it's like his his signature with jokes or or jerry's uh you know how about this and all you know all those kind of things it's those comics that have staying power can't really be copied right yeah and i mean
2: he's been you know you know he's a successful comic but he would always pop up in movies like i remember him in problem child and beverly yeah. hills cop too yeah. and um he was in a funny he had a funny scene in in the cosby show where, that the the ball? with that voice i mean he just he
3: was just and he, of course he was iago the oh yeah in in Aladdin.
2: yeah that's
0: where a lot of people know him from but i uh... know but jesse gilbert Gottfried, le and you will both be missed Thank you for your contributions. And now, it is time to nominate this week's awesome villager. Gentlemen, who are your nominees and why?
1: Uh, I'm going to go with Adam Scott. Um, We all know him as D-Man from Step Brothers. and He's been in a lot of other stuff.
0: He can go high. Right.
1: But uh, I feel like Severance on Apple TV just really showcases everything. His whole repertoire. His ability to do drama and just... The dry humor he like his his performance in the at the job is the funniest when he's trying to like calm Hetty down. Mm-hmm. It's just hilarious. Um, and I just he, think he, he's really
3: good in Parks and Rec too. I've
1: yeah. never seen that, and I, I have heard that's, he's really yeah, good in that great. show. Um, I just think he's he's vastly underrated. I want to see him in more stuff. Um, I hope this show gets him some awards recognition.
2: He had a fun little cameo in I think it was Star Trek: First Contact. He was the tactical officer under the defiant.
1: he was uh-huh. <laughs> there's another starship coming in yeah <laughs> i didn't realize that was him wow yeah
2: so i guess i'll go next and i'm gonna go with um i'm gonna go with ben Stiller. um apparently this was a, him making severance because he kind of he he directed almost all left all of them and he was you know the producer and Um, in a recent interview, he said, this is the project he's worked the longest on. He's been trying to get this made for the past five or six years. Um, and like Ryan said, just for someone that's known so much for comedy, he just directed the shit out of the show. I mean, like it is, it looks gorgeous. It's very tense. And I don't know, just the way that he's able to, I don't know, go back and forth between like this very childlike way that the the innies act and this like I don't know, just very tense and uh paranoid plot is just great. And then um I don't know, and then lately the past few weeks, HBO's been showing the secret life of Walter Mitty, which also features Adam I, Scott. I love that. And movie I watch it, and I watch on. it every time. And um and he directed that and some of the shots of like Iceland is just they're gorgeous and I just think he he's just a great talent so, yep. so I'm going to go with an old stiller.
3: I'm going to go with Mads Mikkelsen who took over as Gellert Grindelwald in the the Secrets of Dumbledore I thought he did a fantastic job with it uh, when we uh when we got to hear him at Comic-Con he just seems like a pretty genuine guy like, Did you
1: guys you know, ever watch Arctic besides me and oh, Greg?
3: Arctic so good. I, I you
1: guys it's on Apple I mean on Amazon has okay. it. Did any of
2: y'all watch another round?
3: No.
1: Is that the, that the the the, the the
2: the thing that's on Hulu, where the um the foreign film that he did.
1: Yeah, that one best foreign film in it. I'm gonna
2: yeah. watch
3: it. I'm gonna watch it this week. Okay. We're, we're gonna do our thing where I'm right. gonna watch that, and you were gonna watch what? What, what was the
2: what was the kind of scary? Was it her- midsummer? Midsummer. Midsummer. That's right.
3: Okay. Yeah. So well, yeah, yeah. He, we'll make that
2: deal.
1: He's in that movie.
2: No, no, just no, no. John watched a movie that he wanted to talk about to somebody, and so did I, so we are going to...
1: Because I recorded Midsummer; it's been on my DVR for the longest, I haven't it's gotten n- to it.
3: nobody that you're really going to recognize except for Florence Pugh, I think. And, oh, okay. Uh, and did you watch A Good Place? No. Okay, that, he's in it. Cheaty. Mm-hmm. But... Cheaty, yeah. But uh, anyway, Mads Mikkelsen, I mean, he's, he's always, he's, he's Le Chiffre, you know, he's, he's been a, he's just a great talent.
0: He's great. Yeah, and I'm gonna nominate Allison Pill because uh, her performance this season in Picard, but even just all of her. I, I watched Midnight in Paris for like the hundredth time recently. Oh yeah, um, oh yeah. She's she she's Zelda Fitzgerald in, in that oh, of the Fitzgerald <laughs> of the Fitzgerald. Uh, she was great in the newsroom. She's a, a an actress with a lot of range. Um, she was in Milk. She was like, wasn't she? she's Scott Pilgrim, yeah, right? she's yeah, the she's Scott Pilgrim, yeah. She's but she's everything she does. She just kind of. Is a chameleon, so uh, I think she deserves some recognition. So, Alison yeah. Pill. No, she's and good. And gentlemen, if you have to nominate these someone other than your own, these are all
3: good choices. Um, who would it be?
1: I would go with Mads.
3: I'm gonna go with Adam Scott.
0: Hmm.
2: Oh,
3: ben Stiller was very close behind. But...
2: I think I'll go with Adam Scott.
0: Uh, you mentioning Arctic makes me want to go, but I'll, oh, but stepbrother, I'm gonna go with Mads.
1: Yeah, he, he had to fucking do it.
3: It's a
1: tie, mm-hmm. well, so we we just we just do ties now. We don't even split it, right? That's what we did.
0: No, that's that's not what we do. Well,
1: Johnny Knoxville and Kenneth Branagh, we just gave it to both of them. I
0: think that was because you got frustrated. And we're like, no, we're just gonna make
3: it both.
1: Because it was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it
3: was stupid. So now we're gonna
1: stupid. re-vote, but we can't vote for the one we just voted for, and we can't vote for. I think
3: we did a, we, we did random a randomizer? Randomizer.
0: If they were good enough to make it to the end,
2: I I, I can randomize it, or randomize
0: it. we'll do uh, evens. Uh, Evens will be Adam Scott. I think that's dumb. And then, and well, what then do you want do you, do you have another suggestion?
1: Tie.
3: No one likes a
0: tie.
1: Well, we've already had it. Why did how did we end up with a tie that one time?
0: I don't know. Probably because we acquiesced to your stupidity.
1: Well, I don't think a randomizer is uh, a fair justification for an awesome villager.
0: The evens are Adam Scott, the odds are
3: magic. Awesome. It's like sleeping with your sister. <laughs> <laughs> Alright,
2: so uh, am I randomizing it?
1: Apparently I'm outvoted.
2: Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, who's odd? Oh, of course, Mads Mikkelsen. Mads. Mads. His way name odd. is Mads.
1: Okay. He's, he's got a and problem he, with his eyes. Definitely odd. Okay.
2: I think it was just, just in the one movie. I don't think that's uh, still. Okay. So we got. Forty-six.
3: Adam Scott.
2: Which we—I mean—we didn't talk about it, but the trailer for Thor came out, and it features the song "Sweet Child of Mine." That I think of Adam Scott when I hear oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: that song. How can you not? <laughs> Because the
2: introduction of Derek might be the greatest introduction <laughs> of really any character is. in all of media. You know, you you learn everything you need to know about Derek. You're right. And Step Brothers from that first opening scene. The worst thing I've ever heard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice vibrato, buddy. <laughs> All right. Well, that's been another fun visit to the Village this week. Remember, there are many ways you can find us. Anchor Podcasts, Google Podcasts, a host of other platforms. And as always, you can listen to us on TheAwesomeVillage.com, where whenever you do, you do help us out. This has been Greg. John. Glenn. Ryan. We will see you next week.